This is Gemma, and this is Money Can't Buy You Class, a podcast about reality television through a critical lens. Um, today, we are going to talk about the the person, the couple, the photo shoot that has been like cycling like a crazy tornado through every possible publication from Page Six to Vogue to The New Yorker, Julia Fox and Kanye West in Balenciaga. Obviously, they're related to reality television through Kim Kardashian because Kanye and Kim are recently divorced. So they're kind of part of like this weird cinematic, ever expanding universe of the Kardashians. Before I say too much, we are joined today by a very special guest, um, Jasmine Johnson, who is born, raised, and is currently based in Los Angeles. Um, She works in a variety of art-based practices, but is currently focused on facilitating and uh, curation, and she has a few upcoming shows. So hello, Jasmine. Hi, how are you guys? Hi, Jasmine. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we wanted to bring Jasmine on for this conversation. I mean, I've been wanting to have Jasmine on, but this this conversation felt particularly for some reason like Jasmine could really give us give us some searing hot takes on <laughs> now that the whole internet has their own hot take on the Julia Fox date night with Kanye. No, literally from the moment the interview, um, I wouldn't even say essay from what the two paragraphs when they came out, I immediately had a DM gem. I'm like, okay, like this has to go on the pod. There's so much happening. We're in a simulation. And I was like manic. Yeah. So Julia Fox and Kanye West went on a date in Miami and Julia Fox published a short, short piece. It was called date night. Yeah, no, it was, it's, um, to me, it was kind of crazy because I was, um, I was on this like cross country road trip. Uh, I've been on one for like the past like week or so. Uh, and I just got back home. But anyway, when we were like in somewhere in Kentucky, I opened my phone and it was like Julia Fox going on her like two hour tirade against her baby daddy. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like this is really good. Like if my phone wasn't about to die, I would just like sit back and watch all of this because it's, you know, she's kind of like her, it was like her own reality television show. Mm-hmm. And she was like, these are the signs for like knowing like a man is toxic and like the whole love bombing thing. And there are some like weird niche quotes about like quotes about like love bombing. But then a couple of days later, I open my phone and it's like, can't like Julia Fox and Kanye West are together and they're dating. And I think I saw it in like page six or something. But then all of a sudden it just like, as I said, like snowballed or torpedoed. And it's like, Nomi Fry, Rachel Tastia, Natasha Stagg, Page Six, Us Weekly, Vogue, whatever. It's like Kardashian colloquium of all people. You know what I mean? Everyone has like a take on it. And now it's even becoming where it's like, like people have takes on other people's takes. Well, um, it's interesting how you talked about how you were in like Kentucky and then like saw the baby daddy drama. 
for me, like I was on my phone and my friend texted me a screenshot of Julia like ranting and I'm like, oh my God, like here we go back to oversharing online. And then obviously I watched the whole story, like screen recorded it and like screenshot it. And then a few days later, I get a text from my friend and it's Julia with Kanye and my like brain literally exploded. I'm like, were you just dragging your baby daddy for being absent, but now you're frolicking around Miami at Carbone with Kanye. I was like, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And then like everything spiraled from that. But like Julia has always been interesting to me because like um, I became aware of her in 2018 when I attended this event called the Great American Mud Wrestle. Amazing. (laughs) And it was deep in the valley and it was just like all these like Nepo kids and like people from like Hollywood Boulevard street performers, like the freaking like Tin Man, this one guy called Homeless Motherfucker, like um, (laughs) Doug the Bounty Hunter. Like it was just like a medley of people. And there was Julia Fox. I didn't know who she was. I was in the bathroom and I was like, who's this like really nice, like manic girl, like talking to me right now. And she was just like, oh my God, you're so cute. Like, how old are you? Like, you're so young. I was like, oh, I'm 20. Like, how old are you? She's like, I'm 27. And we're just talking. I was like, yeah, I live in New York right now. She's like, oh my God, I'm from New York. And like, she was telling me how to get like a cheap apartment in Chinatown and all this like deep cut information. And then she like vanished. But I was like, oh my God, that girl's really cool. And then like, I go back into like the mud pit and everyone's like, Julia, 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 Julia. And I'm like, who is this? And so obviously I went on like in online later and this is at 2018. So like her Instagram had already been deleted like five times. And I'm like, okay, she's cute. Like what's she on? Like, okay, she takes photos. I think she models, like she does fashion. And then I clicked like a highlight from her and it's literally her talking about why Instagram deleted her. Basically, um, she got a dick pic in the DM and she was like, okay, it was the last straw. This is like my first intro to her oversharing online. And the guy's dick pic, she decided to DM it to every single person that followed the guy that sent it to her and Instagram deleted her account. But she clearly bounced back and like the first post is her like looking hot, like on the beach, like throwing ass. So that's my intro to Julia Fox. (laughs) And so like, when like, uh, like 2019 was Uncut Gems, right? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. So like a year later that happens, I was like, oh my God, like she's getting global. Like she's transitioning from like downtown niche, like art adjacent, like artist music girl into like this actress. And now obviously with Kanye, she's only going to get more global and she's already got like the show with Soderbergh. So like everything's just like spiraling and it's like, how do you pinpoint her? How do you describe her? Like, what's art like what's performance what's real what's fake so it's just like mind-blowing in my opinion yeah it definitely is I feel like that's so I kind of I guess I had kind of not totally picked up on the like part of her persona was this like overshare online which really kind of puts her date night piece into like a fun like frame you know because in a way that is you know in Natasha Stagg's piece she writes about how it's like almost sort of refreshing to have this just kind of like frank like description of a date with a really wildly famous celebrity that's Mm -hmm. like not a tell-all it's not super like gossipy it's almost like a relief and I think Naomi Fry almost had the similar take of saying like she's stating the obvious or she's saying something that we already know 
and it's there's like there's a relief in that because it's not like this packaged you know celebrity gossip that we are used to um julia fox has gotten really good at kind of framing stuff like that and seems like a lot of her like artwork and performance and her life which is maybe a lot of a performance seems to kind of hinge around that like this kind of like casual sharing of information um in a way that feels like somehow a little profound and a little organic yep there's that (laughs) word (laughs) no I like totally agree and with the interview piece she gave us just enough where she doesn't really say anything we just understand the premise of what's happening and we can like make all our own conclusions and come to all these different like fantasies and it reads kind of as like Dear Dumb Diary and like a fan fiction but the fact that it's real and there's like a photo shoot that joins the like piece is just like it was just like really meta for me. I was like totally obsessed with that picture of her just like straddling him and like pinning him down to the ground you know because I feel like that's not like a second date thing right (laughs) public sex I mean for me at least um but I, I'm not like it's it, you know I made I don't know I'm just saying that seemed like it was like such an intimate yeah. photo because it was framed as either like they're doing this for the camera or they're just like so into each other and the camera captured them when like she was like wildly on top of him or something but it also like struck me as like maybe uh like divergent for Kanye Right. Because even when he was with Kim, he had never like there was never like a lot of PDA. And he's not like the type of celebrity that's known for PDA. And in fact, I would say he's like known for like anti PDA, especially with like being like a born again Christian. Right. Right. Um, And maybe that's just like me assuming. But it was that was like very striking to see like this this like hypersexual pose like against the wall. Then it was on the floor. Yeah, I think too, like, you don't usually see Kanye vulnerable like that. And you don't usually see him obscured, right? Like you couldn't, couldn't really Mm -hmm. see him. You knew he was there, but it was really much more of her body on him. I feel like the interview piece is just like a good place to like, just kind of dive into and like go from because uh, Jasmine, like you offered a lot of like interesting articles about like, tabloids and Instagram and you said that you used to be really or you remain obsessed with the kind of like stars they're just like us mm-hmm. kind of phenomenon and I feel like the interview piece is doing something kind of interesting with the idea of like a tabloid or and a diary like it, it it's like this confessional revealing paparazzi-esque thing with the you know there's images there's like but then it's like but she owns it she controls it Well, that, like, the interview piece is interesting because she, like, created this, like, new level of access, and social media has obviously done that, like, Instagram has made it so you feel like you're in their living room with them, you're like them, you're interested in the same products as them, you can, like, comment on their posts, and you can have this kind of, like, interaction-based, like, connection with them, and with the interview piece, it's, like, oh, I'm getting a little tidbit into her life. She's telling me about her day. It's like diaristic, but it's all like controlled by her. And she's only giving us like a fraction of what it really is, but it gives us enough where we can just go off and speculate and come to all these conclusions. So I find it interesting because like she's making it so 
we can look at them like very closely and like speculate, but there's still this distance because it's literally Kanye West. He's one of the biggest superstars in the world. We're never gonna really be in his brain, but she makes it so we feel like we can be. And now like we're like on this podcast talking about it, but it's interesting how like she's like appearing relatable because she is, because she's not from Mm -hmm. this like, like crazy means or like some crazy background. And she's like, was able to take herself like, out of like the strip clubs and like LES and now she's like riding around with Kanye. So like, it's just interesting to like see all of that arise and like where she's come from. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying in the, like when we were talking earlier, I really like what you were saying about how she keeps saying like, I'm on like God's path or like it was all meant to be, I just wanna live. And like even in the Brock Coiler or I, I never know how you pronounce their last name um peace at the end she like she texted them like like one like one day you could be complaining about your baby daddy and you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow like xoxo julia like how do you like what is the drive to you like to that like i have my own opinion about it but i'm like really fascinated about like what draws you towards that aspect of her i think it's so interesting because like she's someone who's like teetered like on the edge of death like dealt with addiction and like obviously these are like all the elements that (laughs) make you interested like they're salacious you're like oh it's raw and gritty it's like downtown New York but that's literally actually her life and that's how she grew up I think about Dash Snow a lot when I think about her because they were like obviously both like addicted to heroin like doing photography like playing with their own blood like etc but like she wasn't someone that came from means and she kind of has this like ineffable quality because she contains so many like multitudes it's hard to describe her Mm -hmm. so like it makes sense when it makes sense and it doesn't make sense when things like this happen because for certain people like she said you just know things are going to work out and things are going to fall into place because she went from literally like being, as she said, in a trap house in Louisiana with like no running water and no electricity to being in uncut gems. It's just like, it's kind of mind boggling, but like, she's like, I am on God's path. And she believes like everything will fall into place because it has like, she's been down and she's been up. And she kind of like talks about money and the office piece um, with Rachel Rabbit White, how like she's still frugal with her money, but like with other people's money, she'll blow a bag like $60,000 in an hour. And I'm like, exactly. Like she still acknowledges that like it can change in an instant, but like things will work out for her because they're meant to. No, it's like an extremely like cinematic uh big dick energy if we're like talking about like (laughs) pete davidson because he's part of the whole square of it all um you know i feel like it's like an incredibly cinematic way to way to go through life right it's just like every part of your life is destined for the next one Mm -hmm. i think too like there's something that's like aspirational about julia fox that's so different than the aspirational qualities of like the Kardashians like there's something about Julia Fox like like you talking about how she like just knows everything in her life's gonna work out and how she like does have a life where she like jets around and you know is in movies like there is something that's really aspirational about the way that she conducts and describes her like 
life. Because I, I think, you know, it, I do think that she is like living her life like this, but I think she's gotten really, really good at describing it in a way that sounds like, like you're saying, kind of ineffable, very mm-hmm. cinematic. It's like, it, it fills me with like a, a feeling that's hard to describe. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like moving and exciting and like, I'm jealous, you know? I think she's really good at self-mythologizing. She understands like all the ingredients that go into a great story, like the American public. We love celebrities. We love addiction. We love redemption. And she kind of is the modern embodiment of, of the American dream, honestly, because like rags to riches is so corny to say but like she was like going around les like between houses she was like working as a dominatrix when she was 18 she like took a sabbatical in louisiana and now she's literally jet setting in los angeles miami new york but like i kind of like see her this is where okay i'm gonna get into like the fluxus like postmodern like argument but like love it kind of like is the embodiment of living art because she's very in tune with her image and like reinvention and went to transition from one archetype to another but she had an interesting quote in the office piece because she was saying basically after um uncut gems that she probably should have got in an endorsement deal from a brand like chanel and i thought it was really interesting because chanel like historically in the odds, they look to downtown eight girls of New York to be their mm-hmm. brand ambassadors. Like Layla Zark of the Misshapes and Jen Bro were like quintessential it girls, like skinny, posh, cool, like deep voices, say shit like, oh my God, so good. And like <laughs> Julia's kind of like the antithesis to that. She's like curvaceous, ostentatious, and like has a quote unquote like torrid past. And now we're kind of like entering a paradigm where girls like her can get luxury brand deals. Like she cited like Cardi B's Balenciaga campaign in the piece, which is so obviously all ties into like Kanye and Demna and Kanye dressing her in Balenciaga. Now we like kind of exist in a world where like she obviously I'm predicting, and you talked about it earlier, Gemma, like she will literally be the face of Balenciaga. And she kind of promotes this idea of like, anti-art living art and like making art like for the public because now she kind of belongs to the masses on a global scale not just like the downtown left and like the avant-garde like she exists for everyone and she hasn't sold out yet like the people that she was coming up with like Nikki Takes who she has a podcast with and like Mazerbay you can like see them in the background of her photos with Kanye or like dressing her for the CFDA she's kind of like existing in this paradigm where she can like be a performer she can be an artist she can be a muse and like embody all these things and also say like fuck you to like this fucking zeitgeist and the status quo right she reminds me a lot of eve babbitts you know also just passed away um she's just so cool she's just like really she's like a really fucking cool person and even like when you like when you met her she's just like cool you know Mm -hmm. and i think that there's like I don't know there's like almost like an ineffable quality to coolness in the same way that Eve Babbitt's like in a because you know Eve I always like Eve Babbitt's and Joan Didion were kind of like the um two big LA voices but they kind of like hated each other but I've always thought of like Eve Babbitt's as like this like very curvaceous like but like she's most known for not most known but like one of her first like uh moments of fame was like naked playing chess with like her stomach rolls just like mine and and whoever else is just like a normal woman's 
stomach and boobs, just like playing chess, you know, and like through like, you know, it's like the whole performance. Is it performance? Is it not? Is it life? Is it not? Are you a genius? Are you a writer? Or are you a partier who happens to be a genius or a genius who happens to party? You know what I mean? Um, I think she really fits into this like incredible, uh, I, I, I don't want to say like archetype of the past, but it's mm-hmm. almost like it's almost like a very like old Hollywood or like yeah. romanticized Hollywood notion of like of like this cool renaissance woman who is her toe in everything in terms of like concrete creative projects but also her toe in all of these different like um like perceptions because she's cool she's she's a performer but she's also so sexy and she's also like a sex object but she's also so smart and she's like you know what I mean like not only can she do all these different actual things acting dance whatever she can also be invisibly or in terms of perception so many things and I think that like someone like Eve Babbitt she really like I, I don't know like that to me that's like very fascinating to me about her well, the invisibility is almost like being a chameleon. Like that is the stuff that makes me believe in celebrity. It's like, you just have <laughs> that, you just have that thing in your personality. It, it just feels so different than Kim. Like Kim is so like in the, compared to Julia Fox, like Kim is so um, fabricated. It's like such an act, you know, like, like to appear that she can be cool in different worlds is so much just like, a brand deal or like an endorsement deal and and I feel like her involvement with Kanye made Kim like a lot cooler it elevated her to a status of like a really like much more cool person in the sense that she was involved with like high fashion and stuff Kanye did make Kim cooler like everyone was joking on Twitter like when they were divorcing like Kim's fits were trash like she was looking crazy <laughs> she was looking crazy like she's kind of like falling apart in a way and like unraveling but like Kim is also you have to give her respect because like she has the ability to like set the culture and the culture follows right so just contains so many contradictions that but like the best people do like she contains multitudes and it's like you can like tear her down but it's like she's still here I feel like this might not be like the most interesting part of the conversation but I feel like we just have to touch on like because of this date of with Kanye post-divorce she's like she is in opposition to her but Mm -hmm. in the same way in a lot of ways she is in line with Kim like she's doing the Balenciaga thing like she's kind of falling into her footsteps or like assuming her role in some way Julia is a fan of Kim like what is it called the podcast with Nikki to catch forbidden fruit yes Mm -hmm. yeah how they're kind of just talking about like um like we really like we know the Kardashians like they feel like family to us like I was watching it when like the pilot aired so like yeah. they have been a fan of Kim so like it's easy to like look up to her and see her like as a model for beauty because you have a similar body type and she's like you feel like she's kind of a representation of yourself and like if you look Julia follows Kim obviously Kim doesn't follow Julia but it's like she's still a fan and she's wearing skims like in the office piece. she's modeled for skims like so I know I love overlap yeah. and like obviously Julia modeled in the paper article with Pete Davidson and it's just like all this like weird overlap where it feels like it's all being like orchestrated by like a puppeteer right but there is also that um you know paper mag you know they have articles on Julia Pete 
Kim and Kanye all individually. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And remember, Kim's was the one with the with the photos in the in like the 1800s. There's that like very famous photograph of Sarge G. Bartman with because she you know she's like a black woman and I think she had been formerly enslaved and she has like a, mm-hmm. a a big bun. It's from the side and it was like look at this like crazy type of body. And then Kim does that like exact same pose right Mm -hmm. with her big butt Mm -hmm. with like the balancing the champagne and i i don't know i just like remember like the the outrage and like the huge controversy over that because it was like very it's like the obviousness of like racism and cultural appropriation right it was the obviousness of that that hit you in the face where it's just like people are like oh maybe kim doesn't know that she's being like literally racist when she gets her butt implants or like does her lips big or, or whatever but then like you have this image which is just like I don't know it was it was so obvious that it became yeah it, it became less obvious in, in a way Kim knows like that she's appropriating culture and like we can get into the whole conversation about the family and stuff but like she's doing things that have been happening in black culture since forever the big butt like the mixed kids whatever and then it kind of just like it's just like this whole thing like the paper thing was like very intentional for me so is this moment already over has it already started and ended and now we're just kind of like getting the what are we getting now I'm just kind of thinking of like how how do you top this like where do we go from here is the disc like is the discourse behind I'm like we're analyzing this but they're already like on to the next thing Um, yeah well it's interesting to think about like what ends it you know like to me what ends this is the also like the logical next step, which is that like Julia Fox will be somehow a brand ambassador for the new Yeezy collab with Blush. She already is. Yeah. Right. But like in some like official capacity, like Mm -hmm. there will be a shoot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like to me, that's where it ends is when there's like a formal addressing of her as the face of this thing even though you're right that she already is. And maybe that's not going to happen because maybe we are past that. Like maybe we don't need like an announcement like that. Like maybe this is, you know, this is the announcement, right? Um, I think that, I mean, it's funny, like doing this podcast, like I get, I do get like an anxiety around talking about these things that are like happening because it feels like we have to like put our hand in here somewhere. And like, that's just kind of a weird feeling to feel like your sense of time and your sense of like I guess time has to be tied to like this like very weird not like celebrity like news cycle that's like happening really really fast on a variety of like platforms and it's like all really disjointed but somehow you have to also have your piece in there I think it's interesting, like, we need this because celebrities aren't really doing anything subversive anymore. Like, everyone is pandering, trying to appear, like, woke, and, like, it obviously ties into their branding because they don't want to get canceled, etc. But, like, Julia speaks her mind, and Julia's testing the paradigm and the limits of, like, what celebrities can do again, I feel like, because, like, when we were growing up, like, celebrities were, like, stumbling out of clubs, getting DUIs, crashing their car, literally killing people. And now we're like looking to something, I feel like, because everything's just more of the same and boring. And like, now we have like, influencers, I guess, can be described obviously as like micro celebrities. So like when we see something that is exciting and exists out of that, we need to be able to like articulate why 
and like be able to like feel something I suppose yeah I'm just like kind of skimming back through the Rachel Tastian um really good article about uh you know it's focused on like uh Balenciaga marketing and obviousness and and fashion and she has this quote that she goes of course the catch is that nothing about Balenciaga is natural uh it revels in the artificial it sees authenticity as impossible even irrelevant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that I'm I'm even drawn I'm just kind of like drawn to that and I think that maybe she's getting to this a little bit about like how how that's not necessarily like a new thing. That's not like a new thing that Balenciaga is doing, but it's like taking like the, this like cultural imperative or like this, this almost like mainstream of artificial of artificiality, right. In like, like, like contemporary American culture, like they're taking it and they're becoming aware of it and they're spitting it back out. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, uh, like, like a boomerang or something, you know what I mean? That's like, instead of like, instead of having someone notice an artificiality, it's saying where it's like, it's so fucking artificial. So what, what are you going to do with that? How do you talk about something that's all that we're already doing that? Like, you don't, you don't, you, there's no words to describe it at a certain point because it's just like, it's, it's very visual or it's, you can wear it. You know what I mean? Taking fashion to a place where fashion hasn't quite ever achieved. And, and, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I even think about that in terms of like Kim literally creating the artificial face that people go in and they say, I want to look like Kim Kardashian. Well, Mm -hmm. so Nomi Fry also commented on like uh, the Balenciaga design saying like they rely on deconstruction and dislocation, interpreting luxury through slightly off, sometimes jokey, often aggressively anti-lovely silhouettes and materials that reference early, earlier cultural moments from late 70s Berlin junkie culture to S&M fetish wear to 80s office looks to raise raver fashion. And so I feel like that's what you're kind of talking about is like the kind of artificiality is also referenced in the like disjointedness of the designs. I'm just interested in that. And I think like Jasmine, you and I were talking about a little uh, over text a little bit about like the kind of, and I think what you just mentioned about like celebrities used to be like these kind of ostentatious beings. Mm -hmm. Like we are kind of seeking, there's like a nostalgia, there's like a return to something or like a revisiting of these things to try to understand what's happening now. Like even like Megan Fox having her moment. Um, Going off of what you're saying, we were talking about how like, the current celebrity model isn't feasible because it's just like stagnant and dull. So um, with like the current culture's ethics model, we're like, can we potentially go back and like revive the careers of like these like former stars with like what we know now? Because like Megan Fox is having her resurgence. Lindsay Lohan's about to do a Netflix film. Literally Simon Rex is in the new Sean Baker movie. Shia LaBeouf almost had his comeback. It's like (laughs) all these people are coming back because there's nothing left. There are no more movie stars. We were getting into this and like Mar I said like Marvel, like banish star movie stars to like miniseries purgatory. And like maybe that's why Nicole Kimmon did that like freaking like dystopic ass AMC. Yeah. <laughs> like she's not in the movies, but she's like adjacent to them. But it's just like 
the current culture of like influencers is just like this really fast cycle. Everyone's being cycled out because they're not that interesting and they're all doing the same thing. So we're like, we need like something exciting. And like, now we're in the era of like me too and time's up. So like, maybe we can treat these people with like a certain degree of reverence where they won't want to like freaking drive their car into a wall or something. And we can like have these stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, even just like going Gemma, like back to what you are saying about like Julia Fox and Paper Mag, I think that part of it, and this is also about the time, it's like, where have you been? Like mm -hmm. Julia Fox didn't like appear out of thin air. Right. You know what I mean? Like people have known about her and like, yeah, she's like, she may be off the, she may be off of like the weird internet uh, corner where like the, the, the select, the dumbass celebrity worshipers are, I'm just yeah. quoting that, <laughs> you know, it's that people, there's like a study that's the people who like are unabashed celebrity worshipers are <laughs> like, stupid and I'm like well I'm not like a celebrity worshiper I like I'm a celebrity interrogator anyway but that's like my own connoisseur exactly um I'm like Bart no <laughs> but uh anyway but it's just like just because she doesn't occupy that what you're saying right. as been like that particular space in the internet doesn't mean that she's irrelevant it just means that's like the people who are only following a specific like 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 line of thought I don't want to say they aren't cool because it's not, I'm not talking about like, oh, you're like a loser, but it's like, you're not cued in to everything else that's going on outside of the boundaries that you've set for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, of course, like underground or not underground, but like downtown New York party scene, of course, it's going to be involved in Hollywood. Like it, it literally always has been. Right. It's like, you think of like Andy Warhol and the factory and right. like its connection. Yeah, literally, there's like two reality shows in the work about like Dime Square and the whole like. I know, I just heard about one of these. There was this quote. It was so funny, actually. It was freaking Honor Levy, like at the end of New York Times, and she says something like how they're called. They're all kind of like self mythologizing, and she talks about Andy Warhol. And she's like, I understand how it's annoying. What's the name of the like writer that shot Andy Warhol? What's her name again? Like Valerie Solanas. Uh, yeah. She was like, well, I'd rather be Valerie. I'd rather be Andy Warhol than Valerie Solanas. So it's like right. kind of just like all this self mythologizing and like playing into the culture. It's like not to quote, well, to quote HRH collection. It's like, if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. And if you don't know, like, I literally can't explain the vibes to you. Like <laughs> we're here to explain the vibes to you, but like, if you don't get it, it's hard to understand. Like there's so many layers and it's so meta and there's so many things going on, like performance and pastiche to quote like Natasha Stack. Like it's literally- I always think of like, um, I haven't read it in a while, but in Maurice Blanchot's um, writing of the disaster, there's this point where he talks about like almost like the occult or Gnostic idea of the secret right or how or like about how that's like tied into like prophethood and messianic time and apocalypse and his big thing is like the secret is in plain sight like the the reason that it's a secret is because it's so obvious it's right there you know and i think that even like going back to julia fox's type of like occultism or gnosticism or, or belief um you know because she she's a little bit new agey in um in, in her beliefs or whatever but like uh she she said something about how like energy she was like energy never disappears like oh, yeah when someone when someone dies they don't go away but their energy becomes like part of something else 
right? Um, I think yeah, I'm- she says like energy, uh, energy can only be transferred. It can never die. Right, exactly. And I feel like, I don't know, like in a way this all, it all kind of ties together and like this, you know, these like, uh, these like weird French theorists who are talking about the messiah and apocalypse and culture ending which means like the world ending or like culture being indicative of like the end of the world right Mm -hmm. uh a lot of them writing like post uh world war ii which i think to many uh like european thinkers was the end of the world with the dropping of the bomb um but i just i've always been very attracted to the idea of the secret is here we're looking at it there's nowhere to find it. It's there. And I think that that very much is, has become or is, has been for such a long time, a branding tactic where once you know it's an ad, it's already too late. You know, like once you haven't bought it pre-sale or what, or not even pre-sale because once it's on sale, it's already too late. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, like I feel like instead of being part of the present temporality of what's happening, you almost have to live in a in in a past but in a past that propels but i think that through living in a past that propels like knowing about something before it happens i think that then that also becomes confused with or like coupled with this idea of resurgence or this idea of reminiscence or going back and like these old celebrities become the new celebrities and you had to be there like if that if that makes that was a that was also a long rant (laughs) you know i follow some of these like influencer podcasters who are like celebrity commentators like Mm -hmm. that are I mean it's like a whole other world of like the celebrity interest thing um but they're all really invested in so you're talking about like the secret Phoebe like they're all really invested in creating secrets for these celebrities like Mm. Kylie Jenner being pregnant you know they like spent all this time trying to deduce whether or not she was pregnant, like using like evidence, like psycho people, like looking, zooming in on images and like collecting, like, you know, like the meme of like the always sunny guy with like a crazy, like murder wall. Like it's got this energy to it that feels like, it's like, okay, yeah. Like maybe she wasn't even hiding it. Maybe you just like made it so that she's, I mean, I think she was hiding it and like Caitlin spilled the beans, no surprise, but, um, (laughs) but it just feels like they're always wanting there to be a secret. I feel like part of the celebrity thing is that like, you don't have access to everything about them and you don't want it. You pretend that you do, but you don't, you want to take your, you want to spend a day analyzing everything Kylie's posted for six months to figure out if she's having a baby, which she then then announced two days later, you know, it's, it's weird. That is such, okay, that is such a good point. I really like that point because it also, I'm not going to name names, but it reminds me not only of like that type of celebrity wanting to be in on this, like creating the secret to then find it out. It also reminds me of like the TikTok or the very famous Instagram pseudo intellectuals. Yes. Who are also in their own way trying to create conspiratorial secrets like Rachel Tastian is talking about that are that can then be like easily um that can then be like easily answered you know what I mean like they create a question just so they can just so they can like answer it you know what I mean like who is Julia Fox she's this person or like oh like the answer to the answer to Julia Fox and Kanye is branding 
mm-hmm. you know, is advertisement and that's mm-hmm. it. Then they throw in like some random quote, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that, I think that that's such a, that, which is why then the, like the elevated argument or something that, that is, you know, that that's why like Rachel Tastian is so on point or um, Naomi Fry is so on point because instead of like creating the secret they're they're instead, they're not talking about secrets. They're right. beyond the secrets. It doesn't matter. What what matters is the obvious thing. Right. What matters is the actual thing that that's going on instead of creating the problem to solve. Like that's not the most interesting way to think. And that's actually not how thinking works or life works or, or any notion of reality works. It's the same thing with like this idea that like, like when, when Kim and Pete came out, like that was like, there were people posting, you know, images of them together being like, the simulation is crashing, right? Like there, there is, it's also constructed on the end of the celebrity to appear like fantastical or, and then memeable, right? Cause like what happens with like fantastical images or like moments is they just become a meme. So now it's like, then there's like, you know, weeks worth of content of memes about it um and interestingly like the julia fox thing is a meme and it's but it, there has not been like specific memes about it which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. I don't know. well emily seagull there's um in who who wrote mercury retrograde there's this really good part of mercury retrograde where she's like working at this tech company or like the, the character Emily Siegel in her book is working at this tech company and they they uh they have this like type of um like shorthand that's called doing the memes mm-hmm. where it's like doing a meme is um it, it's kind of like doing the obvious thing that also isn't very obvious it's kind of like acting as if you were a meme and I feel like right. I feel like the way to just like even though there aren't actual memes of julia fox it's like maybe that's why i'm like oh this is like why everyone's talking about it. and all of a sudden i feel like an idiot for talking about it or thinking about it because i feel like already we're doing the memes right. right already any reaction to it any tweet about it is doing the meme um even if it's not actually codified into like right. the image yes because like immediately when the story broke i made a meme like it was <laughs> Julie, I put like Julia over like Baudrillard and was talking about like the simulate gram. I'm like, okay, I did it. Like we're predictable. So Jazz, you wrote something that's, that's really great. So I think I'm just going to read it and then I'll, maybe you can expand on it. You wrote, this is a really great angle to consider. Where does the brand stop and the person begin? The public self versus the private self. Naturally, we embody different things to different people. As a celebrity, this is personified. You assume the role of a marketing tool over your authentic self. Panging becomes synonymous with branding when your sales equate to relevance. If you're not adhering to the means of production, you're irrelevant. Yeah, I was like, was I on Adderall when I wrote that? Uh, (laughs) um, No, yeah, like when you're a celebrity, you have this trade-off where you belong to the public. You're not so much as a person, but a fixture. I once said, like, I never want to see a celebrity be human because then they're actually just like us. But all these celebrities have these brand deals and these partnerships that when they go outside, they're representing those brands and they rely mutually on each other. Um, In terms of fashion, I was talking with my friend Genevieve earlier and it's not so much the brand themselves that matter like Chanel or Balenciaga, but the celebrities that are attached to them because 
the quality of the clothes has diminished and the concepts themselves. But like when Migos made their song Versace, like the sales surged and like models aren't really being utilized anymore for these brands, their celebrity endorsements, which has always been a thing, but now they need them to push product and like say Dolce & Gabbana, for example, is using like Nepal kids and YouTubers to like sell their products and like every year is a cycle of the same thing. But as a celebrity, if you're not reinventing yourself or acting a certain way in the public sphere, you're, you don't really have you're not viable anymore because you can't sell anything. So like when you're aged out of the culture, when you are not like in line with what the culture is interested in now, you're just not relevant. So like how you are in private doesn't matter, but how you are in the public, everything relies on that because you're not a person, you're a product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I really do. I'm kind of like unabashedly. I love, I think Natasha Stagg is so great. You know, mm-hmm. she, she is this great essay in Sleeveless. I, I think it's about Ava Perlman, but it's about um, just like, a, you know, the influencer who is so gorgeous um, and who like lives such an expressive life online. But then like she goes to who I don't, I actually don't know exactly who it is, but then she goes to this person's house and she's like, yeah, like I'm an introvert. Like I just kind of like lay in bed all day and like people like just like cycle through. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like that. So I feel like they're even like that. Like, this is like an obvious point, but like the outside isn't so much like the like actual outside, but it's like you're the, the like the external of what like you put outside, mm-hmm. you know, if what like can be communicated to like somebody else's phone, I guess. Right. Yeah. And like celebrities can only really communicate through branding, through social media and like through like product placements or whatever and through Mm -hmm. their publicist so like everything is super calculated to garner revenue but they're kind of like trying to like appease this and figure out how you can seem like you know accessible and like normal and humble but also like do your job yeah so you were saying a little bit um that you feel like julia fox is kind of like this like postmodern princess Mm -hmm. Well, like I was speaking a bit about Fluxus because she's kind of just like challenging the establishment and she's not really like her narrative isn't really anything new. Like she's like she came out of downtown, like she made some money, but she's like challenging like all these people and saying, no, I really am me. Like I'm the real me. Like I'm authentic. Like I grew up in downtown New York. Like I was a dominatrix. But and that is like challenging the structure now, like of people that like are getting popular or people that are seen uh, as brand ambassadors or viable for people like Kanye, but she's just kind of just like testing the limits and she's in on the joke. Like she, she's talking about authenticity and like, this is really how she grew up, but it's also like, this is nothing new. Maybe it's not that authentic. Like everything's kind of just being recycled. I just, I just, I don't know. I I really loved how uh, Natasha Stagg ended her like, a piece about like Julia Fox and Kanye where she she this is just the last sentence she just writes more than we're interested in so-called aspirational content it's fun to see people admit to their fantasies which I think that also that does that you know it's like this really interesting take because even that kind of like folds over itself Mm-hmm. right where it's just like you have the fantasy but then you also like it, with literally within 24 hours of the fantasy you have date night come out which is like this like honestly this very like wholesome um like yeah it was fucking crazy like Kanye West is a huge celebrity 
how wild is this? I'm so lucky. I'm so happy. Right. Like to just to, right. To not only admit that you had the fantasy that you lived it out, but also to admit that that was something that you had wanted. I think that maybe like that's a type of like wholesomeness or realness or like sentimentality that is perhaps also a, a extremely contemporary new aesthetic. Like that's like the new real, that's like the new realness, you know? Yeah. Everyone's newly sincere now because there's no, there's no room for cynicism. Like it's nice to just see something like sweet and like Julia Fox, like happy and. Right. Well, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about like, to maybe what, as we wrap up, like ask you about like what your, like, have you always been interested in like celebrity culture and like reality TV and like what reality TV, like, what do you feel like your entry point into like all this world is? Honestly, birth, like growing up in LA and just like being around like um, people with like celebrity parents or like just like television stars or whatever, like it was just always there and like really accessible. And I was like growing up in a time, like I'm only, I'm 23 now. So I like missed like the kind of like the huge glory days, but I was still there like growing up, like remembering like Lindsay Lohan's downfall and like going as her for Halloween and like Paris, <laughs> Perez Hilton was having like his whole moment. He had like a radio show that I listened to in the morning on Kiss FM. And like, I was growing up online. So I was always looking at these things, but yeah, like early Kardashians, like I've come kind of full circle. Like I was kind of obsessed with them. I was like, oh my God, they're so funny. Like I love them. And now like I look at them more through like a critical lens because you can't deny their place in culture. But celebrities have just always been fascinating because they are honestly growing up in LA like you're like oh I want to be famous and right. you're like I, I want to be like them I want to like crush my car like I want to go on I used to like talk to myself and pretend I was on Ellen like, <laughs> like literally psychotic shit like that and it's just like their lives seem so exciting that's why like now seeing like celebrities start to like wind down and like pander it's kind of like dismal and I can like see how like celebrity culture is the only culture is something that I believe in because they kind of like set the culture and everything follows. And like reality has obviously blended like the hyper real, like you don't know, like what you can't like distinguish real from fake. Yeah. Thanks for those listening. I'm going to, in some capacity, we're going to try to make our, our collaborative research document um, available um, because it's just kind of fun to see, you know, like the way that we're all coming at this subject from these different interests and vantage points, but that, you know, we somehow figured out how to have a hopefully pretty coherent conversation about, because obviously when we're talking about these things, I always find myself being like, okay, we're just talking about everything. You know, you can go in with like an event or a specific thing, but it's, it's hard to not feel like you're just trying to access this whole large part of culture. But I think that this is the way to do that is, is to go into these small moments and, you know, really pick them apart. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Jasmine. We've never really done something like this before. Like we've never really talked about, um, like a, like a real moment that's like popping off everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, or if we have, it's been like the four part Beverly Hills reunion, which like (laughs) really not too many people actually care about, like whatever, like that in itself, that's extremely memeable, but also extremely encased in the television screen. So thank you for for trekking through. Thank you for having us. No, this is for the culture by the culture. They need this. (laughs) 
Yes, perfect. Are you watching any reality TV right now? Literally, I'm like, I'm watching a screen. I'm in a screen. Like everything is meta now. And that's because of Julia Fox. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm like watching myself in the Zoom call. I'm like, what's she going to say next? <laughs> I do want Julia Fox to get a reality show where she tries to co-parent with her Debbie daddy, baby daddy. Portia from Atlanta, Portia Williams from Atlanta just has has a spinoff now called Portia's Family Matters. And I think Julia needs that. <laughs> that honestly, that's avant-garde. You need to pitch that to like who what's what would be like the proper network for that? Not E or Bravo. Peacock. Okay, Peacock. yeah. Yeah. Everything's Peacock now. You know what I want actually? I want I want uh there to be like remakes of like avant-garde films. Like I want like a remake of Persona, mm-hmm. but it's like Kim Kardashian and Julia Fox. So good. You so know that, what I mean? I mean or I like think- my dinner with Andre, but it's like literally my dinner with Kanye and it's Julia Fox and Kanye West, right? Yeah. Or like a portrait of Jason and it's just Julia like talking for like three hours. Yeah. High <laughs> as hell, but she's sober now. Yeah. Good for her. A queen. A queen. Literally. Yeah, to be to be clear, I mean, I'm just gonna I, I'm I am a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan too. She's a goddess. She's a genius. Yeah, she's so sexy. We love, we love her. I think she's a she's so cool. We're just going yeah. around the circle now. She's a fantastic actress. She's pretty. She's, she's so pretty. <laughs> we love her. Um, all right. Well, thank you again. Lovely talking to you. See you soon. Thank you guys so Stay much. Stay safe from the Coco. more than they can imagine money rich and manners poor never got the boys too far money talks but i just walk when i can't stand it and the primary mistake texting on a date if you make a lady wait she'll take a pass the lesson all should learn even if there's cash to burn respect yourself because no one else can change your path money can't buy your class Feels like science class. 
You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. Oh, yeah. Life is all about elegance and flair and savoir faire. You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable. Haha. <laughs> It's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. Money can't buy your class.